It's time for my uh, my annual uh, Easter joke, uh, and uh, don't groan. Some of you have heard it before. I tell this every Easter because it's just what I want to do. So I do that because I like it. Okay. So if you know the answer, you've heard this before, and you know the answer. When we get to the answer, shout it out with me. Okay. We'll just fill the room with the answer. You ready? So a Sunday school teacher has got her little students, little gooners, you know, and uh, she's just finished teaching the lesson about the resurrection of Jesus, you know, about the stone rolling away and the angel coming. And, and she just really felt like it was a good lesson and the kids were really just soaking it all in, you know. And uh, she's just feeling good, but she got looking at her watch and uh, it just wasn't quite time to let the kids go yet. She just had a few minutes more, so she was done with the lesson. She thought, well, she just kind of checked some things out. So she thought she'd have some fun. So she said to the kids, she said, you know, it's been just great sharing the good news that Jesus rose from the dead. He stepped out of that stone, you know, and and I was wondering, kids, what do you think, what do you think Jesus' first words were when he rose from the dead? There's a little silence. Finally, Susie, back, you know, ooh, 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 ooh. So the teacher said, oh, Susie, great. Susie, what do you think Jesus' first words were when he rose from the dead? She said, I know, teacher, it was. Ta-da! My favorite joke. I love that. Thanks for putting up with it. I appreciate it. My Easter gift. Now oh, let's get serious. You ready? It was dark in the morning when they got up. They probably had about a mile uh, to make the journey. They had to walk that mile carrying uh, uh, ointments. They had to walk that mile carrying not just uh, the things in their hands, but uh, they had to walk that mile thinking about everything that had taken place thinking about how on Friday they were there and they watched Jesus as he was scourged. They had those memories right there in the edge of their memory of how he was on the cross and they remembered how that crown of thorns made its impression. They were there when he cried out. They were there when he breathed his last breath. They were there when they took his dead body down from the cross. They were part of the group that took him to the tomb and with haste, as fast as they could, because the Sabbath was close at hand, they, they did whatever they could to prepare the body appropriately. And, and they wrapped it in the burial linens as best they could, and all, although they had little time. But now this morning... This morning they were making that journey from Bethany back to where the tomb was. You have to wonder as they walked, how much of a burden did they carry? Not, not just the ointments, but how much of the pain and the burden. Perhaps maybe even some tinges of guilt. Wondering if there's something they could have done or should have done. In the Gospel of Matthew, in Matthew 28, Matthew kind of takes that whole experience and he, and he sizes it down to, to one verse. It says, the Sabbath was over and it was almost daybreak on Sunday when Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. I, I don't know about you, I, I don't think that kind of summarizes everything that was going on in that moment. Do you? I mean, as they were walking along, they were carrying all of that, that heaviness. 
And like us, they were walking along, and, and the Gospel of Mark tells us that, that they got down the road and, and a little ways from the tomb, and then they had one of those, those memory moments, you know, when they, when they got remembering, oh, no, what are we going to do about the stone? It's in, in the Gospel of Mark in the 16th chapter. Mark says, on the way there, they were asking one another, who will roll the stone away from the entrance for us? You've had that experience, haven't you? You know, you start at this end of the house, and you're going to go to the other end of the house to get something, and by the time you get to the other end of the house, you say, Oh, what was I going to do? And shoot, I left back there what I need over here, right? Am I the only one in the room that has that experience? Right? You see, they had that experience. They were so wrapped up in the heaviness of what, what they just endured that as they're walking to the tomb that morning, it finally dawned on them, what are we going to do about this immense obstacle? I mean, that tomb was huge. The tomb was, was large and the stone was huge. It, it probably weighed a ton. It could have weighed up to two tons. And the women looked at that huge obstacle as they got part the way there and said, Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And, and the truth be told, that wasn't the only obstacle that they had to face. You see, even when they got to the tomb, it was not just the possibility of moving the stone, but there would also be Roman guards there. They had left a, a cohort of guards there, and there would be at least four, could have been up to 16 guards. Now, And these were seasoned veteran Roman warriors. These weren't just your guys that were kind and compassionate and ready to do anything to help. These were Roman guards. And not only that, the tomb itself had been sealed by Pontius Pilate. It had the Roman seal on it. And, and everybody knew that if you messed with the Roman seal, if you broke the governor's seal, you were subject to death. These women were walking to the tomb with this overwhelming heaviness. And they were walking to the tomb and understanding the incredible obstacles that were right in front of them. Sometimes, uh, you know, I get to travel and, uh, you know, go to a conference or something and, and uh, stay in a hotel. And, and uh, one of the things, it's a small thing, but one of the things I like when I, when I stay in a hotel, I like leaving a wake-up call. You ever notice how when you're in the hotel, there's always an alarm clock right to, next to the bed? Yeah. Do you ever use it? No, you leave a wake-up call, right? See, I love leaving wake-up calls because, you know, you leave the wake-up call and you're sound asleep and, of course, the, you know, the phone goes off and you get this, this kind of violent interruption to your sleep, you know. But then at the end of it, you pick the phone up and there's one, this wonderful, pleasant voice. Good morning, Mr. Sir. This is your wake-up call. Isn't that nice? Don't you like that part? So there's this kind of violent interruption to your sleep, but after the violent interruption, you pick it up and there's this, I wonder where they get the people with those voices. Good morning, Mr. Sir. This is your wake-up call. Easter Sunday started out with a wake-up call. It started out with a wake-up call. There was a violent interruption to the morning. And after the violent interruption, there was the announcement of incredible good news. As women approached with this heaviness, with all these obstacles... God intervened with a violent interruption. It says in the Gospel of Matthew, Suddenly, 
a strong earthquake struck. And the Lord's angel came down from heaven. He rolled away the stone and he sat on it. And the angel looked as bright as lightning, his clothes were as white as snow. And the guards shook from fear and they fell down as though they were dead. Isn't that great? A violent interruption to the day that the earth shook just like the day it shook when, when Jesus was on the cross and breathed his last breath and, and darkness covered the face of the earth. Only this day, that violent interruption announced the dawning of new life. There is a, a violent interruption and the stone is, is tossed aside. Uh, in preparing, I read one author who, who intently looked at the different uh, Gospels and the Greek that's behind it, and, and he came to the conclusion that, that what, what happened was that stone wasn't just kind of nicely and tenderly rolled to the side. You know how we do it in our plays, you know, just kind of like tenderly roll the stone aside. You know. No, that it was violently thrown up and over on top of the tomb. He believes it was violently thrown up and over on top of the tomb. And the angel came and sat right on top of it. And it was thrown up there so that nobody, nobody could just take that stone and roll it back into place like nothing happened. God intervenes and he overthrows the obstacle. And those warrior guards, those, those impressive Roman soldiers who, who faced fear and death, yeah, they were lying on the ground faint. Can you imagine how it was for them back at the barracks the next day? So you're telling me you fainted. Huh? Oh, and that Roman seal? That Roman seal that showed the power of Rome, the, the power of the governor and the emperor, the, the power that ruled the earth in that time, God didn't pay one bit of attention to it. All those obstacles, God just threw them aside. Oh, and one more, lest we forget one more. The obstacle of death, he threw it aside as well when Jesus rose from the grave. And that power that had grip on humanity was no longer in power. God intervened on that day and gave us all a wake-up call. And he shook the world, and he overcame the obstacles. There's some of you out there this morning. You know about obstacles. You know about challenges that seem absolutely insurmountable. Things in your life that are weighing you down, that, that heaviness that the women were feeling that morning. And I want you to answer the phone this morning. I want you to hear God's violent interruption to your life and hear that incredible voice on the other end that says, Jesus is alive. And God is able to overcome all the obstacles. When the angel intervened, he made sure he spoke to the women. He just didn't do his job and, and tell them, okay, here we got the obstacles taken care of. But he intervened and then he spoke to the women. It says in Matthew 28, he said, now hurry, tell his disciples that he's been raised to life and is on his way to Galilee. Go there and you will see them. This is what I came to tell you. The great, the angel came not just to roll aside the obstacles, to hurl those aside, but the angel came because he was on a mission to tell the women something. What is it? 
He was giving them the good news and the, and the charge to go and tell the disciples that Jesus was alive and was waiting for them in Galilee. Now think about this for a minute. They were supposed to go and tell who? The disciples. Oh yeah, the disciples. Yeah, those, those were the guys that on, on Thursday night when they were gathering a table with Jesus, they, they were puffing their chest out and they were saying, Oh Lord, not I. No, not I. I would never deny you, Lord. No, I would, I would die first, Lord. No, I would never abandon you, Lord. And on Friday, they ran and said, I don't even know the guy. I have nothing to do with him. And on Sunday, while the women were making the trek and the journey, they were hiding, locked in a room, captured and imprisoned by fear. And the angel came to say, tell the disciples they're forgiven. Tell the disciples, look, look, Jesus is alive and he's going to be waiting in Galilee to embrace you again. Tell them that Jesus is alive and, and there's no obstacle too great. Tell them that Jesus is alive and that there's no sin too great that he cannot forgive. Answer the wake-up call. Answer the wake-up call where God is saying, Listen, I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I know the experience of your life. I know those places you've walked away from me. I know the times when you've denied me. I understand and I'm waiting for you in Galilee because I forgive. I'm alive and I forgive. The prophet Isaiah uh, knew this. The prophet Isaiah uh, spoke uh, centuries before Jesus would be born. And he said, He was wounded and crushed because of our sins. By taking our punishment, he made us completely what? Well, that awesome? Centuries before Jesus. The prophet Isaiah laid the groundwork for us this morning to understand there is nothing in your life that the risen Christ can't overcome and there's nothing in your life he can't forgive. The apostle uh, Paul knew it. He spoke to the Romans. He said, God gave Jesus to die for our sins and he raised him to life so that we would be made acceptable to God. It's a wake-up call this morning. There's a wake-up call for all of you who are in that heaviness that feel the guilt, that are carrying the burden. And it's saying, listen, Jesus is alive. And you don't need to carry it anymore. Let God throw it aside. And instead discover the forgiveness that Jesus Christ brings on this day. And more than that, Jesus Christ not only brings us that forgiveness, but he brings us the possibility of a new day and a new life. If you go uh, and see what happened after the angel, when the women started hurrying back, an, an interesting thing happens, and I love this part. I love this part of the resurrection story. It says in Matthew, The women were frightened and yet very happy, and they hurried from the tomb and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them and greeted them. They went near him, held on to his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said, Don't be afraid. Tell my followers to go to Galilee. There, They will see me there. What happens? 
Did you see that? Jesus can't wait for Galilee. Isn't that great? What the angel tell him? Go to Galilee because Jesus is going to see you in Galilee, right? They're not in Galilee. They're at the tomb. They're still over here in Jerusalem. And Jesus can't wait to see them. He can't wait to embrace the women and have them understand what has happened in their life. There was a father who had a, a son. The son was oh, 19, 20 years old. The father and the son had a, vi- a violent argument with each other, and uh, it resulted in the son uh, leaving. The son left, and, and the father hadn't seen him for over, over a year. It was down in uh, Mexico City, and the father didn't know how to get a hold of his son. He, he assumed he was still some, somewhere in Mexico City. So he took out a, uh, a, a newspaper ad. And uh, he said in the new, new, new newspaper ad, he said, Paco, if you read this, I want you to know that all is forgiven. I love you. I'll be waiting for you at this Sunday, this Sunday morning, at the entrance to the city park. I hope you'll show up. Love, Dad. You know what's amazing about that experience? 200 young men showed up named Paco. How much do we need to hear the wake-up call that our sins are forgiven and we have a chance for a new life? Are you out there, Paco? Are you listening this morning to the wake-up call? You see, Jesus today says it's a new beginning for you. He says today it's a new opportunity for you that new life has come because He is alive. And if He's alive, He chooses to be right here with you in whatever you're experiencing, in whatever challenge you have to go through. Remember, He told the women, look, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, for us, this day is a great wake-up call that says, look, life just opened up. Life just became new and the possibilities became real for us. And remember, he told the disciples uh, that they needed to hear that he was going to Galilee. And, and what was he telling them? Listen, unlock the doors, open up the windows, let the light in, let's get going and move out from the prison you're stuck in. It's time to get moving towards Galilee, guys. Isn't that what he said? Stop being stuck where you are in life. Stop being captured by whatever it is that's prisoning you. Stop holding on to what is past and start moving forward into what it is God wants for your life in the future. Galilee is out in front. This is a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call saying that God has something more in store for our lives. First Peter tells us this. Praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is so good. How good is He? Oh, He is so good. By raising Jesus from the dead, from death, He has given us what? You see that? Is that awesome? He has given us new life and a hope that lives. God has a place for your life to move. God has something out in front. And this day is a wake-up call for all of us to say it's time to get moving. Get moving in the direction that God wants for us to move towards the Galilee that God's prepared. Paul said to Romans in Romans 8, Yet God raised Jesus to life. God's Spirit now lives in you, and He will raise you to life. Isn't that awesome? He'll raise you to what? 
when I uh, lived down in Burlington, Jill and I had a two-story house, and uh, you know our kids were small, and uh, it was in the time of you know Batman and Robin were big and and uh, Wonder Woman, and so each one of the kids had those little jammies, you know, little Batman and Robin. So next time you you know they're now this big, so the next time you see them when they're here, you tell them you heard about their jammies, will you? But they had these little jammies, and of course, what's on the back of the little jammies? The cape. Got to have the cape. Little Velcro thing, right? Little Velcro taps. Got to have the cape. The only problem with the cape is it always just hung down, right? And they always saw Batman and Robin with their capes, you know, out in the air, and Wonder Woman her cape out in the air, and so they always want to have that cape out in the air. And I said, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta leap. You gotta take a jump. So we'd go over to the stairs, and they'd stand on the step, and then they'd take a jump, and I would catch them, and I'd say, okay, go up another step, and they'd take a jump, and I would catch them. I'd say, okay, go up another step. They'd take a jump, and I would catch them. I'd say, okay, go up another step. They'd take a jump, and then I'd catch them. I'd say, okay, go up another step. They'd take a jump, and I'd catch them. And I'd say, go up another step. And they'd... take a jump, and I'd catch them. And I'd say, go up another step. How come they jumped every time? Because they were absolutely convinced and confident that dad would always catch them. And that dad was strong enough and loved them enough to always catch them. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And he says to you today, he has a Galilee waiting for you. It's time to take the step. And your father who loves you more than anything, who proved it on Friday, he will catch you every single time. And not only that, he promises you, you have nothing to lose. He, he's got a safety net built in for us. Because this Galilee he talks about is not just a Galilee that we experience now, but it's a Galilee that's waiting for us. It is a Galilee that will be there forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It is an eternity that he promises us will be waiting and more awesome than we could ever imagine. Remember what the angel told the women? Now hurry up, hurry up. Tell his disciples he's raised the life. Go on to his way to Galilee and, and go there and he's going to be there for you. And That's what I came to tell you. Get ready because Galilee's out there waiting for you. And Jesus reaffirmed it when he talked to women. Don't be afraid now. Tell my followers, go to Galilee. There they're going to see me. Peter, Peter understands it this way. Praise God. Praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is so good. He is so incredibly good. And by, by raising Jesus from death, he has given us new life here and now and a hope that will live on. Now look at the next verse. God has something stored up for you in heaven where it will never decay or be ruined or disappear. You have a wake-up call. You have a wake-up call. And the voice on the other end is saying, Good morning. I'm alive. And death can't hold you anymore. And I promise you, I'll catch you every time. And ultimately, ultimately, I'll see you in Galilee. I've prepared it for you. And nothing can keep you from it. 
Folks, if, if you don't know the truth this morning, if you don't understand how incredible God is and how much He loves you and the extent to which He's willing to go to make your life more than what you can imagine, you need to pick up the phone and answer the wake-up call and listen to Jesus speak to you and just ask, can I come in? Can I come into your heart? Can I come into your life? Can, can I help your life become more? Can, can, I, can I help you overcome the obstacles that I know you're going to face? Can, can I speak to you those words of forgiveness when you're far away from me and bring you back? Can, can I help you move forward in life to the Galilee that's waiting for you? And can I reassure you, I'll catch you every time. And one day, we'll be in the kingdom of Galilee for absolutely ever and ever. Jesus Christ is alive. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this incredible news that you live. Thank you for uh, casting aside not just a stone, but overcoming the enemy of death and saying that there is nothing, nothing that we need to be afraid of and that you can overcome the obstacles. We know they'll be hard. We know they'll be challenging. We know ultimately you'll catch us every time. Whether it's overcoming it in this life or whether it's greeting us in Galilee, you will be there and you will never let us go. Father, we thank you and praise you this morning for the tada, for the good news that Jesus is alive. Because he lives, we can live also. It's in his name we pray. Amen.